Hi everyone, this is Peter Levin, and you're listening to another episode of In Good Hands, a show about the companies and their founders solving our climate crisis. Today, I interview Shannon Flanagan, CEO at Toast Ale USA. Now, Toast is a food waste company, but they sell beer. So let's rewind for a second. If you remember in previous episodes, we talked a bit about the food waste crisis and how roughly a third of all food produced goes to waste. This means wasted resources and all of the greenhouse gases that are emitted at every stage of that process. And one of the most frequent items that goes to waste is bread. So what Toast does is take the leftover bread and transform it into pints of beer. So without further ado, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to our episode with Shannon Flanagan, CEO at Toast Ale USA. Shannon, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Peter. So let's jump right in. What is Toast Ale? We are a craft beer on a mission to prove that a solution to food waste can be pint-sized and delicious. So we brew just outside of New York City in Elmsford, New York. We brew with fresh surplus bread that would have otherwise gone to waste. Uh, and we brew a nice selection of American Pale Ale, IPA, and Craft Lager. Yum. Yeah, yeah today we got, I'm trying the American Pale Ale, I can say. It's delicious. So you speak to Pint with a mission. What is the problem that's being addressed here? Food waste in general is, is a massive problem. If you were to take food waste and just size it up as a country, it'd be the third largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions behind China and the U.S. So massive. And I don't think most people realize that. And that's, that's not just like us not finishing our crust. That's, you know, all the way through the food system, beginning at, at production level. So bread is actually the, the largest contributor. In the U.S., about a third of all bread doesn't get eaten by a human. So that is about... 12% of that is happening at production level. And then the rest is, you know, maybe us not, not quite finishing that loaf that we bought. So we saw that. Our, our founder, uh, Tristram Stewart, saw that as, as an opportunity to take on. Beer was actually brewed with, with bread or whatever kind of surplus grains you had before the industrial era, right? Like they're, that's just kind of was, was common sense. So we didn't invent anything. We kind of went back in the history books and uh, found this recipe and... Yeah, kind of want to just take it on in, in, in a fun way. It is a, it's a very you know, serious issue, but we thought this could be kind of a fun way to take it on. And as you're probably tasting with that, that American pale ale, the bread doesn't really affect the flavor, right? It's, it's just saving a virgin grain source, which is generally barley. So we're not here to like create a whole new flavor variant. It's just showing like we can make an amazing award-winning craft beer we don't need to use to use virgin grain supply. Your background is interesting too. I mean, you spent a lot of time working with a number of different beer brands. Now you're here at Toast. Can you connect the dots for us? Myself personally, I am running the US company. I'm not the founder. So I had about 10 years in imported beer. And so wonderful, authentic brands. But personally, I lived on a plane pretty much. And the idea of shipping a product around the world that is 95% water 
started to to weigh on me. So in the import beer space, I had collaborated with um, Anthony Bourdain on a number of projects. And also just a big fan personally. I think a lot of a lot of people were. So a few years back, he produced a documentary called Wasted, the story of food waste. And in that documentary, you know, really outlined the problem, but then also worked quite a bit with our founder, Tristram Stewart, um, and proposed toast as a solution. So of course, I'm on a plane when I first see the documentary and really just fell in love with the toast story. I got off the plane and was like, I'd love to find these people and, and see how I could help. And how I ended up here. <laughs> I had no idea yeah. Bourdain was part of the origin story. Yeah, you know? I mean, he, he's, he didn't really get on a soapbox for much, but he, food waste, uh, as a chef, food waste was a very serious topic for him. So that was something he really wanted to invest energy in to, to find solutions, so... You hear about Toast, you reach out to the founder, the early team. What was, when, when you came to them and you said, you know, I, I believe I can take this to the world, right? I can, I can bring this to the U.S. Did they only have a U.K. office at the time? Like The brand had, had, had definitely launched in the U.S. It actually launched at Tribeca Film Festival with the documentary and existed in the Northeast, particularly just in New York with some support through Whole Foods. So I kind of came on the scene and, you know, they had already laid the groundwork and I sort of helped to to amplify that with my experience. You know, the beer system uh, in the U.S. Is, is very different than the U.K., which, you know, is where brand got its start. And so just the distribution system and the retailers and all of the compliance involved in selling, you know, a heavily regulated product. That is is sort of what I lent to the story, but it's been unbelievable to see what Tristram and, and Rob Wilson were able to to develop and and you know, they made it easy, I should say that. Can you just speak briefly about like what goes into making toast ale? Like how do you get the bread? Mm-hmm. How is it then integrated into your supply chain? Like how does that work? Yeah, so we work with bakeries, both local organic beautiful bakeries as well as larger commercial bakeries that are, you know, servicing massive grocery stores. And they give us their loaves that basically didn't sell on the shelf, right? So they're still within fresh code dates, but they didn't sell yesterday. So we take that bread and we will hand shred it or run it through a bread slicer and then we get it into the mash tun. So for us, it's about... 2,000 loaves of bread in in our last brew so it's we're upcycling a lot of bread which is exciting but yeah I don't know if you said the exact numbers at the top of the interview but before we started you told me can you just tell the listeners how uh, how much have you guys upcycled to date yeah so we are excited combined with with our UK team who got about a year head start on us we have now collectively reached our goal of upcycling one million slices of bread. Um, so for us, if we stacked that, and we had some bright folks who, who crunched this, if we stacked that that bread up, it would be 1.5 Mount Everest. So Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot of bread. So we're very excited about that. And we have some, some great folks on our team that help us to really crunch that social impact so that we can go to partners like Whole Foods or um, Compass, which is a big partner of ours. They're the largest food catering operation in, in the world. And we can crunch those numbers and help them tell a story about their own impact uh, that they're doing by, by serving toast. I was reading one of your tweets on the company's Twitter, mm-hmm. and you guys put out a really interesting blog about bottled versus canned beer. 
And I didn't start really thinking about this until I think, you know, it was like Pepsi or someone just started putting out canned water. There's just, just really interesting discussion around like what what is the, like the right solution? Maybe they have pros and cons. I yeah. mean, how do you guys think about that? It's a great question. Um, and I think just in general, like every industry is going to see a crazy packaging innovation in the next few years, right? We're already seeing it. Um, and we're already like everyone I think is now, you know, considering packaging as huge, huge space for, for change. For us, we launched in the U.S. in cans, um, which is really has become the standard for craft beer in the U.S. There was a pretty famous article written, gosh, that was about 10 years ago, basically pointing out for, for beer specifically how much better it is when you can keep light out of, out of the product. So that's why there's a lot of switching to can, mobile can. Canning companies started popping up for these craft beer companies. So in the U.S., we've always been, been uh, offered in can and draft. In the U.K., they launched with bottles, which is a bit more standard in the market. Quite honestly, we, we didn't have access to cans at the time. In terms of like, you know, we could go into the weeds on one or the other. Can isn't amazing because it is mined from Baxit, which is, there is controversy in that. But end of the day, it's much lighter weight than glass. So in terms of the carbon footprint, it's the preferred route of the options now. Um, but again, I think we're going to see some really cool other options hitting the market in the next couple of years, which is exciting. You guys are a special company. You know, you, you put on your site, you donate 100% of your profits, which is incredible. <laughs> and you see this growing momentum across social enterprise. You know, more and more companies are becoming B certified, B Corp certified. I just want to get your take on it. Like, is this a trend that's here to stay? Is this because customers are demanding this out of industry why do you think this movement has become so strong it's a good question i think you know for us yes getting b corp certification it's not easy Uh, it's not like just slapping on a label and and calling it a day they really do take their time and do a a really complete audit of your organization and and so we're we're honored to to have their certification on our packaging and as part of our story it's great to see this trend i hope it's not a trend i hope it's just something that brands are doing because consumers are responding to it i think b labs has done an incredible job of really explaining what they're out to do with this certification process and giving consumers the understanding that, you know, you can vote every day with your purchase of, you know, a beer or a snack or that that really makes a difference uh, on the world. And I think, of course, the big ones we're seeing that with with Patagonia and others and Tom's, you know, it's it's pretty exciting to see these companies really thriving with the B Corp. There's been a number of articles out in the last several years around conscious capitalism. And my hunch is that I think probably specifically with the younger cohorts, Gen Z, millennial, we do want to vote with our dollar. Mm -hmm. So enterprise without some type of orientation around mission, then you actually come to market with some inherent weakness, right? Yeah. I mean, that. yes, that's a great way to look at it. I think also people, especially Gen Z and millennials are, are so savvy and maybe also just growing up on the internet, like they can see through the bullshit pretty quick. Right. So if you're a brand and you're just going to do this like one-off 
fundraiser or you're going to kind of do, you know, a flimsy offering to support some sort of charity. I think people realize it's, it's sort of a, you know, a PR gimmick. And so B Corp certification, other sort of stick in the ground that you can really claim that this is absolutely part of your ethos as a business. You know, people get that and that that's been awesome. All right. So my favorite part of every interview Mm -hmm. is the lightning round. Um, have a couple questions. Uh, we'll try to answer them in 60 seconds or less. You ready to go? Yes. All right. Earlier in the interview, you brought up launching the brand at Tribeca Music Festival, but you also talked about cans. And I noticed on your LinkedIn that you actually won a Cans Lion Award. What? Like, come on. You got to just t- tell the <laughs> listeners what was the campaign about? What was that like? I, I worked with a wonderful um, beer brand out of Asia, uh, and we did some amazing stuff. And with import beer, it's always, you know, authenticity is like rooted in everything you do, right? And so um, we just kept coming back with, with focus groups that kept saying this barrier of consumer mindset that I'm, I'm totally generalizing right now, but that Asian brands couldn't command a, a premium or super premium price point and we thought that was ridiculous so we opened up um, a little shop on Canal Street uh, featuring all these amazing artists uh, from all over Asia and and their products and then built it with like a plexiglass floor and put all the sort of cheap Canal Street trinkets beneath the floor um, to sort of visually represent the reality of all these amazing products coming out of Asia. And so we had a lot of folks get behind us on that and uh, opening ceremony came out and helped us with that. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a very fun party. I'll say that. Wow. <laughs> I need to dig up. Is the video, is that online? It was called Tiger Trading Company. Tiger Trading Company. Noted. <laughs> Next question. What consumer brand outside of toast? are you most excited about and why? I love, of course, all of like misfits and all of the the wonderful folks that are finding solutions, you know, also in the food waste space. So I'm a huge misfits fan. I believe you had them on already. They're amazing. But also just in general, just like, you know, these, these packaging innovations that are, that are happening. Right. So like, toothpaste without you know plastic the cleaning solutions that you know these these sort of tablet based products that really helping you know people to think about about their waste particularly their plastic waste amazing we actually had sarah from blue land oh, yeah. who does the household cleaner and then Lindsay from bite Amazing. oh my gosh okay I'm... so check mark check wow. mark right there. We're in the, we like the same stuff my next question for you so given um, how much time you've spent in the food and beverage industry? I'm. I would love to hear. You know, what is the most interesting trend you're seeing in food and beverage? I love all of these products coming out in the market that are alternatives to meat that are just definitely not not trade offs, right? Like Impossible Burger, of course, being the probably the most famous one that just like tastes unbelievable. It's it's made out of a pea protein. And, you know, they're, they're, there's no trade-off. So those are, those are amazing. I'm with you on that <laughs> one. The last question of Light Round, I ask all of my guests, who has had the greatest impact on your learning and why? 
I I've had some amazing mentors over the years. Okay, I'm gonna I, I don't want to say anyone by name because I feel bad picking one. So I'm just gonna say I've been really obsessed with Paul Newman's story and Newman's own lately. And you know, again, just total pioneer in this whole 100% for profit world. Even before you know B Corp was was around, amazing group of people to to aspire to. Who to be is? Like. And I'm gonna sound ignorant here, but who? Is he? Yeah, who is he? Oh, he was uh, he was an American actor. He was like a and he just ended up making this salad dressing. You know what I'm talking about? Newman salad dressing. Keep going, Newman keep going salad. Okay. Okay, yep. So, he, you know, the the origin story is of course he's a celebrated actor. He's you know, maybe like a bit of a green M&M thing, but he was like just fed up with the salad dressing offerings at at the grocery stores and restaurants, so he would bring his own, he'd make his own and he'd bring it. Um, or he'd go back in a kitchen and like tell the chef like what he needed to, to make it. And so eventually it almost came out of a dare. He like produced his own salad dressing and it wasn't an endorsement deal. It was his product and you know, wanted all profits to go to charity. And so there were plenty of barriers in the way and, and no one had really done this outside of like endorsement deals, right? Where it's like clearly endorsement stuff. So that, that was ages ago. And actually fun fact, so he started this in Connecticut, and when he first went to test it, he called up his little neighborhood caterer, Martha Stewart, to help him do the first taste test. Really? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There's got to be a number to story, right? There's like, yeah, being... I'll give you some books. He's he's yeah. And that is fascinating. I know, and it's funny because they, I, I think, probably everyone jokes now because you you know they've got salad dressings. I think. Some other consumer product goods, popcorn, um, like salsas and snacks um, that are that are on the shelves still doing really well. Um, but they, I think they do joke that like nobody, nobody in their twenties, thirties, younger has any idea who he was as as an actor. So it'd Whoa. be kind of like if like I don't know Beyonce came out with like a hot sauce right now and then. 30 years from now, the kids are buying the hot sauce and they're like, I don't know. Who's Beyonce? Exactly. Wow. So he was. Yeah. I got some, I got some reading to do. Yeah. Seriously, that's going to be the first thing I do after this. Good. Yeah. It's so, anyway, so he, I do never cross paths with him in my life, um, but reading his story has been pretty inspiring. Well, you nailed the lightning round with ease. Uh, Do I win a beer? Yeah, I actually have this India Pale Ale. Yes. I heard it's pretty good. Thank you. Um, I would love to lay out the red carpet. Is there any kind of last plugs or um, anything you want to tell the listeners before we say farewell? If you haven't tried toast, go try some. Uh, We are available, as I've said, over and over Whole Foods. Um, But we're also at Shake Shack. Um, We're on Amazon Prime now in New York. Um, which is kind of, it's a, they're like one, two hour delivery system that they're really, um, pushing, uh, now that, you know, pulls out of Whole Foods inventory system. But anyway, um, Amazon, Whole Foods, Shake Shack, The Met, and plenty of other like wonderful farm to table restaurants. Um, again, toast, you're not going to taste a bunch of bread, uh, in our product. It's just, we're just really out to prove that you can make a delicious IPA, and a delicious craft lager or American pale ale with upcycled bread. There you have it. Shannon, thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. Awesome. Cheers. <laughs>
If you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing and writing us a review. It really does mean a lot to us. And sincere thanks to Dan Mahoney and Lucas Arndt, who produced this week's episode, and to Eddie Knuckles, our music director. I'm your host, Peter Levin, and if you'd like to recommend a guest, sponsor an episode, or help spread the message, you can find us on social at InGoodHands or our website, InGoodHands.us. Again, huge, huge thanks to all of you for your support. We really do appreciate it and can't wait to bring you another new episode next Tuesday.